This podcast is made possible thanks to our supporters on Patreon. A big thank you goes out to Adnan Isel, owner of Isellers Estate Winery. You can visit them at 615 Concession 5 Road in Niagara-on-the-Lake or check out their website at isellers.ca. Find out how you can support us, like Adnan, by visiting patreon.com slash twoguystalkingwine. You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. Michael. We got her in studio, Andre. We got her in studio. I can't believe you're that excited. No, I, actually, I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's uh, here. She's actually here. Um, you know, it's, it's always exciting when we get our, our guests in studio in Toronto. So if you work for a wine agency or you are, in fact, a winemaker, there is an open door to the Toronto or St. Catherine studio. And this one actually took us up on it. Definitely. And it months was months ago. Months a lot of fun. ago. A lot of fun. Um, we're talking about Farrah Felton Jolly from uh, Clinker Brick. And let's let's get right to this, Andre. I this uh, yeah, I'm excited about this. We're back with friend of the podcast, Farrah Felton Jolly of Clinker Brick. She has been on uh, and it's nice to have we, you in it, the it, uh, in the Toronto studio. In this the, is the studio. Yeah. time that you've been here. Yeah. yeah. And usually we're crammed around the table at the California Wine Fair, which is always a yep. blast. Correct. But, but it's, it's only never, 10 minutes. It's never, and it's never a quiet room. Correct. Correct. Like it's, it's always a busy room. So. Always 10 minutes, and then we have you know somebody else coming in five minutes. So we rush you off. We go, this is really great. And then... Yep. Uh, and then and like, we always look forward to speaking with you because yep. um, I think we, uh, Michael and I have talked about it on the podcast before. Uh, one of the challenges with California wine in the market in Ontario is that the good stuff is really expensive and a lot of the cheap stuff is just mass-produced high in residual sugar so for smaller family-run wineries like yours it can be a challenge to stand out so we're more than happy to help you get the word out that you don't have to spend a lot of money in Ontario to get good Californian wine. Thank you so much for helping us and supporting us. And I'm, I'm back like a bad penny, you know? I guess, I guess once again, like our Chateau St. Michel uh, <laughs> podcast, this is not a paid podcast. No, it's no. not a paid podcast. <laughs> we have you on because we really love the wines and yes. everything that You're I just said, affordable us, wines, yes. et cetera. You know, I, I, it's, I always find it a lot of fun talking with you. And then when we were talking after our 10 minutes, we said, we got to have you into the podcast. Andre's going to make barbecue or something. No? I'm going to do jambalaya. Oh, all right. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to make something that would be quick and put together in a pot, and I've been prepping it over the past two days. So. All right. Wow. So, should we doing I'm jambalaya? Excited. No barbecue. Sorry. That's hey, I love jambalaya, Creole. All right. Awesome. Delicious. And then we thought we, we would actually our wines. take a little bit of time and talk about, and you even brought some really neat stuff along. Yeah. So let's... Let's get a wine in our glass and, and yeah. take it from okay. there. Yeah. All let's right. Do that. So the first one is Brick Mason. And you can talk slowly this time. Usually when we're talking, you've got to talk fast. and You, you only give me like five minutes, yeah, and now right. I can just talk as slow as I want. Correct. And I think actually last time we had her on the podcast, <laughs> she only talked for, through the wine we, we only let her talk for two minutes because you and I bantered back and forth for the other Correct. five. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, you guys do what you do. <laughs> so you tell us a little bit about this. Uh, yeah. Is it coming to the LCBO? It is. To... So it's uh, coming in two weeks uh, for uh, Riven Style. At uh, twenty one ninety five. This well, is recorded at the Toronto studio on September twenty fifth. Yes, so, there you uh, go. October 9th. October ninth. October ninth. So, uh, so this is Brick Mason. This is a Zimbase blend from us. Uh, I've been corrected. The twelfth is the release. Oh, oh, it says right here October ninth. So you're gonna have to fire your agent. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Who's sitting behind us? <laughs> so. Second week, second week of October. Anyways, yeah. we'll exactly. get this. Yeah. Uh, according to the paperwork, mid October. It's a blend of eighty oh. percent Zin, ten percent Syrah, 
five percent cab sole, five percent petite Syrah, and twenty one ninety five. Twenty one ninety five. Um, so what we uh, behind this is we wanted to come in. Everybody knows the Klinger Gold Vine. Mm-hmm. That's what we're known for. That's our driver. That's what Lodi is known for, and what we're known for. But we really wanted to bring in a Zim based blend that had some structure, mm-hmm. had some elegance to it. Not just that super overripe, pruney, mega purple, super sweet red blend. And it has that structure. The 10% is from the Ferris Syrah vineyard that's named after me. Yeah. Um, and uh, the like cab. The Syrah. That's a good wine. <laughs> and the cab is a 35 year old vineyard from us as well. So you have a lot of quality in the bottle for that price point that you don't mm-hmm. see very often. I like acidity. The, the this, is, is uh, this is, as the beer nerds would say, uh, sessionable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is, I mean, just a polite way, way to say that you could just crush this out of the bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you're, but you're right. It's got, it's got the elegance, the tannin, yeah. soft. Um, it doesn't have that kind of kick that you get from um, a lot of entry-level Zins, even Correct. Ravenswood that we like. Yeah, no. The sweetness. The sweetness, the sweetness is out of there. It, it's got, like, this vanilla and spice on the finish, so that's yeah. just, like, it's, it's making me, which is making me smile. It's just making me happy to have that, like, additional complexity to a wine that's 22 bucks. Yeah. And it, it's great. It's great for a whole crowd. It's great uh, entry level for somebody that's trying to get into Old Vine Zinfandels, but maybe not there yet. Um, a Zim-based blend uh, can always be the gateway into that style. And so, I, so and I, think the, wine... I think the Syrah has added a, a peppery element to for it. Sure, for sure. sure. Like, that, there's definitely some good that stuff. I, that I don't usually get in, in uh, and first of all, in entry level Zins. Yeah. Um, and even in in like Old Vine's versions, I don't get a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, like pepperiness, black pepperiness. Um, I get a lot of uh, a lot of elegance in old vines ends, but this this kind of I don't know. It takes it to another level. Whereas it's you know it's got that nice sweet it's just fruit, really smooth on the something, finish. There's like at the least something on the bo- at, at the back end that kind of. Uh, I don't know. People can't see my hand gestures. It's like I'm Italian talking. About <laughs> yeah, it's hands. like you're stroking the bottom of a horse's balls. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, yep. just oh. giving it a little, making him, <laughs> making him run. Okay. That's what I'm doing. So fair. Like, what's the when when you decided to make this wine? Like, when how did, how does a wine like this come into existence at the winery? Like, and do you make this wine? Let's start there. Okay. No, you have no, a winemaker. No, I do maker, not. Correct? We have a winemaker, okay. Joseph Smith. Yeah. Uh, he is our winemaker. He's from Belize. Okay. Um, what's his name? Joseph Smith. Oh yeah, Joe Smith. Joe Smith. Sure. You know, from Belize. <laughs> from Belize. Sure, that's his real okay. name. That's his real name. <laughs> sure, it is. Um, I am not the winemaker, of course. Uh, I oversee all sales for us, but. Um, uh, it was one of those that we kind of worked as a team for this one because we realized there was kind of a gap in the market of something in this price category, in this style, that elevates the red blend, especially a Zen-based blend. So that's kind of what we wanted to show and something a little lower price point than the Old Vine Zinfandel for a little more crowd-pleasing uh, wine. It's kind of funny that you would feel the need to make something more crowd-pleasing because good entry-level Zen is already pretty crowd-pleasing. It is a crowd-pleaser, but yeah. most... Most people, even today, oh, it doesn't bother me. Um, They're they're Andre's glasses, so break them all you want. Um, (laughs) Sorry, Andre. Shut up, Michael. Um, What I don't like about entry levels in is that it's usually sweet. Uh, and, and that's what we really want to yeah. show is that you can, you don't have, have to, to have the sweetness of an entry level Zim based blend. You can, no. if you find the right winery that can produce something that is a little more structured, we can do it. Yeah. Um, and even even when I when I do wine tours and things like that, I always have to tell people uh, they go, so which one of your favorite grape varieties, or what what is your grape favorite? I say because I like barbecue, I'm a big Zin fan. And then suddenly everybody wants Zin from Ontario. I'm like, we don't make it here. Um, <laughs> but I'm and I'm always I, I always preface it by not the pink stuff. 
Yep. So, uh, not the do you think stuff. even even being stuff. located in uh, in Lodi that there's still an image problem for Zinfandel? There is. Uh, it, it's changing. It's we're there's a, a group of us that is trying to change the Zinfandel category. Are you part of Zap? We are. Okay. Yeah. The Zinfandel uh, advocates and producers. That's it. Get your hand away from your mouth. No. It's gonna sound muffled. I don't care. It sounds muffled. But we are trying to change and elevate the Zen category because, you know, we are 1.9% of the market share. And there's a lot of competition in our category that is very ripe and very sweet. And we do want to show that there is quality in our category. And if you do it right, do the right oak treatment, the right blending, you're going to have a killer old vine Zen that can hold up to a cab, can hold up to a Merlot or a Syrah. It... And it's they, a category that people are learning that it can go with a ton of different food. And they age incredibly well. They people do. People don't, th- don't think of that. But no, like a totally. really good Zin well, I mean, it's, age incredibly I, I think well. the thing about Zinfandel, though, is just the, um, the tannin is a lot more, more affable than a lot of the like mm-hmm. Bordeaux varieties. Because like, you get something that, you know, with the great phenolic ripeness, tastes a little like sweet tea mm-hmm. instead of something that's a little bit more astringent or, or abrasive, right? Like, even when the tannin is, is chunky on a Zinfandel, it's still... Still tastes really good. Yeah. So, so I, I've got to ask Paul, who is your agent, to get a picture, uh, a candid, a couple of candid pictures, especially with Andre with this. Uh, uh, oh. With my. Well, he's got a podcast. He's got a ridge shirt, but he's also got a strainer in his hand. So wait till he has the strainer in his hand and he's waving it around. Actually, fair. I think you and were then, supposed to bring me a T-shirt. And then get. Was I? Yeah. Oh man, I'll, sh- I'll, I'll send one over. <laughs> I was I was just in the California state of mind today. That's for sure. Oh yeah. yeah. So. All right, so uh, yeah, I just wanted one thing because you were waving the strainer around, which is pretty. You got this mini I had strainer. To pull, I had to pull the strainer out because we busted so many corks. Correct. The chunk, but, but, but I just, mean, it was funny to watch you. You know, it's like you were conducting the. the oh, I was getting ready to smack you with it because you keep putting your hand in front of your mouth. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next one, you guys know, uh, but this is the 16 Old Vine Zinfandel. Okay. So this is uh, the newest vintage. Oh, it's listed release. as just coming soon. Coming soon. So this one, uh, it did just get uh, 90 points. Why enthusiast? Andre, Andre's choice. liking this so much. So might Andre. Huh? <laughs> she got it. Coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Swear jar. God, Michael. That's one for the jar, Michael. <laughs> oh, she didn't get it. Oh, no, I, I, I was just all over I was that like, one. what? What is he talking about? It smells like raspberry jam. Mm-hmm. It smells like really great raspberry jam. Because it's got like it's it's a tart fruit and it's not just full on barrage of sweet. Actually, fruit. You, can, you can. What's the alcohol in this? If you can, yeah, alcohol is fifteen four. No, fifteen four. Wow. Okay, because that's in a different tax bracket, isn't it? No, sixteen over sixteen okay. over sixteen over sixteen. Well, it depends. It Some doesn't warm. The, it, it doesn't warm your tongue like something that it's it, it's got a lot of balance. It does. Well, I can I can smell a little bit of the alcohol. That's why I asked. Yeah. Uh, how long has this been open? Let's start there. Uh, it's been open since about 11, 11.30. Okay, so it's been open all day. So yeah. so that sweet fruit is, is coming out, you know, that like raspberry, raspberry milk chocolate. Um, mm-hmm. I've got full milk chocolate on the mid palate. It's, it's texture, too. Like, I'm salivating with this on my tongue. Now, the acidity is really good. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what's holding this wine together. So I bet when you, you pop this bottle... And, and and have it right when it gets open. There's going to be a little bit of spice to it. Correct. Um, I'm good with the spice blown off on it though. Like it's oh, just no, it's 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 soft and mm-hmm. like I just want to 
I just I, want to curl up with a blanket and then have I this know, be I, my I like a little spice. I like a little cherry cola in mine. I like a little plum. The plum is definitely still there. The black cherry is still there. But I like that fresh Zinfandel note with that spice. And I always get on a fresh Zinfandel bottle, I always get like some uh, cherry cola, which is kind of a neat. Okay, so so Farrah, what makes an old vine Zinfandel old vine? Like, where do you where do you draw the line? I think well, old vine is one of those terms that I don't think Michael and I have really lost our shit over. There's mine for the swear jar. Uh, but I mean, it's just one of those terms where every region seems to be able to put it on however they want. Yeah. and hasn't really been, you know, formalized. I think it was Correct. just a tasting where France said it was over 40 years old. Uh, but I think it's like it's a, it's a gentleman's agreement. It's Correct. Like a Correct. Yeah. I don't think they have it in legislation. So is, is Same thing a... in, the, in California, too. There's okay. no designated age. We say 50 plus. Cool. Um, okay. So in the old vines in that you just tasted, it's 50 years old to 122 years old. Holy average crap. age is 85-year-old vineyards, and there's 16 different vineyards in it, ranging from four ton to the quarter ton of the acre. Well, so we have low yields. On quarter ton to the acre. That's a 122-year-old vineyard. And oh. do you need to uh, do you need to irrigate those 122-year-old? Those bites? are dry farmed. Right and on. They're hand picked. Yeah. Okay. So is it? Um, so what is it like one bunch per? Pretty per much. Vine? Yeah. Maybe but one. But is it economical one to one keep half, those yeah. those grapes going? Or so the only, it's hard because they are a historical. You, you know, their their history. Historic, you're, you're historical vineyard, yeah. Historical vineyard. You're never going to see them again. Yeah. And so with us, the only way to actually keep them going is to put them into the, the bottle um, from smaller wineries. If they're larger wineries, they can't make any money off of them because they are so low in yields. Uh, but with us, especially when we do a blend with 16 different vineyards, we have some of those younger vineyards that have the extra tonnage that we can add those older vineyards into it and keep that quality and that that concentration of those old vines in the bottle and bring the brightness of the young okay. vines into it too. <laughs> of the so so, so it's, a, it's a blending tool that works out and it's, uh, oh, that's, and, it, and I mean, like, just so people know, like this wine uh, on the sheet you gave us, it should be about twenty four ninety five. The 2015 vintage was if your agent 23. is doing job. Yeah. If, if the agent is doing their job. Yeah. Got the price right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got it. I, yeah. We shit all over um, Paul. Well, what, what, if you don't mind me asking, what does a bottle like this uh, cost if I were to visit you at the winery? I know that's my favorite question. Is that question. the winery? Yeah. It would be 20 bucks. 20 bucks? Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. $5, $5 to come across the border and up up the country? Yeah. No, that's not bad at all. Yeah. U.S. That's, versus Canadian dollars. Yeah, U.S. and Canadian. Oh, well, all right. So then we're probably in the same same ballpark, right? So twenty four ninety five. If it's twenty if it's 20 bucks at the winery, we're probably getting slightly... Slightly better deal. Mm-hmm. We are getting a better deal. Yep. Okay. I'm not pulling out xe.com right now, but no, no, your your <laughs> math is correct. Yeah. So I'm gonna be a little better. It was 75 cents on the dollar last time I checked, which is good for you, and I it guess is. in this case, good for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's that's definitely that's even more sessionable, I thought, than the than the brick. I, I disagree. The brick, brick mason. mason. I feel like I feel like the the tannin and the spice is a little bit more like grabbing the back of my tongue on the way down. I would like to see. I would like to see this. See, that's just me. I'd like to see that wine in about 10 years. I bet you that's totally that would be just you know, but that's that's the cool thing, and that's once again like that that should be the takeaway of anyone who's listened to this podcast for any length of time is you don't need to spend fifty bucks to buy wines at age. Correct. No, I don't. I you know that's that's why we do the uh, that's why we do that stump the chump is to find out and to make room in your cellar for more. Correct. Make room in my cellar and and also to show that you know sometimes you can spend ten dollars and get a wine that you know. Can age. I, I think probably the best thing for people to do to find out if they like aged wine is to buy something cheap and taste it every six months. Wait, that's been the best thing about the something chump is I've learned that I am not really a big fan of old wine. 
Oh. I like wine when the tannin falls off and it's like smooth, but I still like my fruit young and I'm with vibrant. you on that one. Yeah. I find it kind of fun. Got that from Conrad. Conrad is always a big fan of it. It's fun to taste it if someone does it, but I mean, you know, I have some bottles worth a little bit of money that we've talked about on the podcast before. You're not going to see them in 20 years. They'll be gone in this house in, in like five to seven years. I'm never invited for those bottles. Well, that's <laughs> when he wants to open a 10-year-old Baco, then he's, oh, yeah. why don't you come over for the old Baco? Yeah. Yeah. I opened up that uh, very nice Washington Lake called number 43. And I reciprocated with a Washington that I, I made myself. Yes, you wow. did. That's impressive. In Washington. They, uh, oh, here <laughs> we, we have to, to go. Oh, wait. We went to Washington. At, at, at Shadow San Michel. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they have a, a, a really neat little visitor's program where you can blend a bottle of nice. wine um, based on their grape varieties and vine age and things like that. It's, it's really neat. But, you know, the, the thing is, I, I, I asked, I said, what happens if I end up making the exact same blend? That that was made that year. Uh, it turns out they hold back one of the grape varieties, so you theoretically can't make. You, <laughs> you can't know, make the same blend. So we uh, we held back the Petit Verdot from you, so you can't actually make the the cool. true blend yeah. that they do. Sorry, I jumped ahead. So the um, old ghost, 2016. I'm a big fan of this wine, like just the old ghost. The Has two we that we tried. The 2016. I think we had the 15 the la- in April. 15 in How long has this been open? This has been open same time, about 11:30. And this is one talking about uh, aging. If yeah, my so father was here, he would be talking about the 2003, which was our first vintage. Loving it. Yeah. I, I think this I might be the best yeah. Zinfandel I've ever tasted. And what? I'm not just saying that because you're in the room. And the other thing is, um, like once again, Michael and I, we talk about price and value a lot. And this is going to come in at around 69 bucks. I think this would definitely be worth picking up. Um, He's got I this. know that this is like a special occasion wine, but it's just... It's the concentration and the texture that put this mm-hmm. way over the top. There's some spiced cherry. This, see, I, I always come back to cherry cola. I always associate that with really good zin. So there's a spiced cherry cola note to it. There's almost, there's almost that kind of bite that you would get from cola, like like the bubbles, but it's yeah. not effervescent. But I mean, on the back end, because the acidity is the where it is and the spice is where it is, when you sip it, you get the cherry cola flavor and almost that, you know, play of of effervescence, but no, it's not because of effervescence. And it's got the, the, the black tea flavor that you get from the Zinfandel tannin mm-hmm. without the really chunky texture. Mm-hmm. It is so soft and integrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this is one of those wines where, like you said, 2003, if we could have one of those right now, I bet it would still be alive and kicking. And just the way Zinfandel is structured, okay, this one would probably be in my house for 10 to 15 years before opening yeah. it. So the, the the theory is every hour is theoretically a year that the bottle would age. Okay, so, so 11, 11 or well, 6 one, two, o'clock, three, four, so 7 yeah. years. 7 years, So theoretically, sure. this bottle would be like this in 7 years, yeah. um, which is which is fantastic. Then you have to add a couple more years because so it's bouncing around through, in your car. Is this going to come through vintages? Uh, uh, yeah, vintages for classics. 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 Oh, wow. Yeah. It is, one of the, once again, one of the frustrations about getting really great wines from California. I'm wearing a Ridge t-shirt unapologetic about my love for the winery but it is frustrating that once those wines hop the border they become very expensive like the uh the Lytton springs mm-hmm. and the uh sorry the name of the other one escapes me but those become geyserville geyserville yeah. yeah those become 85 dollar bottles of wine here and i'll be yeah. honest i can't justify paying those prices on the winery i love here so what, so is, that this, being what said, is this at the winery? That's what Andre's, I think, getting at. Well, $69 here. I'm happy to spend that money. Yeah, it's about 45 
So 45 at the winery? Yeah. Okay, oh, so we're... now I have a reason to go to Lodi. Yeah. I think we talked about that in April. You're like, you need totally. to come. Yeah. And what, uh, what is the uh, alcohol on this, if I can uh, ask Ooh, something? 15.9. 15. This is no, not no. a 15.9. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't taste it like well. it. It, it is, it but well. it, yeah, it hides it very well. And that that's with us, with all mm. of our wines, the balance. Let's put you on the spot, Michael. Would you order a bottle of this in Classics? Um, <laughs> no. Okay. No, I don't. I, yeah, I, I'm still on a budget. You seem to have a wife that you can talk into $100 bottles of wine. My wife looks at me and goes, are you me? So, Says yours for the swear jar. So, yeah. I guess my wife But I would happily drink more. your bottle when you buy it. So, there we go. Tell you what, we'll buy, I'll buy it in the classics and we'll drink it together. All right. I'm when in. it comes out. I'm in. There we go. Okay. I'll provide, the, I'll provide dinner then. Okay, that sounds All like right. a fair deal. Right. We'll, sm- we'll, sm- we'll smoke something. We'll that, smoke is, something. that is so good. Yeah. That's, I've always been a big fan of that one. I like the Marissa Vineyard as well, but the Old Ghost is just something special. The Old special. Ghost is killer. So this Wait, is, is Old Marissa? Marissa's my third cousin. On my How'd the father's vineyard get named after your third cousin? <laughs> on my father's side, <laughs> twice removed. So, so my, my dad farmed the property for about 25 years. Okay. And uh, when uh, the owner of the property, Selma, passed away, uh, my dad bought the property and... Uh, her daughter, granddaughter, first granddaughter, was Marissa, so she named it after her. And so my dad, to honor Selma, maintained the Marissa name. Oh, so the family connection family is connection. really important. Like, Correct. Because I, I think, I think the complicated thing about making really great wine is you need to have that intersection of, of art and uh, and business, right? Yep. So, it, like, is it a challenge to to keep that balance? It is. Because we just talked about 122 year old vines that give you one one yeah. cluster, which and, is what goes into this, correct? Yeah. The old ghost. This is this is that. It's a 102-year-old vineyard that goes into Ghost. Yeah. So we, we change the vineyard uh, pretty much every year, depending, but we try to look for a style from the vineyard. So what you're seeing is the elegance, the layers. We go and look for that vineyard every year because of dry farmed. So not every year you're going to get the same vineyard to have that style. So we go that route for the old Ghost, but um, it's usually the best of the best is what we're looking for for the Ghost. But to answer your question... It's blood, sweat, and tears. You know, with family, we're, everybody's involved. My husband's involved. My parents are involved. I have, my sister-in-law runs wine club. So we're all involved, and it is a true family business, which you don't see very often anymore. Nope. Yes, there's some family involved, but they're not, like, boots on the ground. I'm in the market, um, which is really, it's great. Uh, and we really want to show that there are still some family-run wineries out there. Which, which brings me to a question. So the, uh, the Italians have something called Grandi Marci. Mm-hmm. which is uh, 19 families that got together. They have, you know, old vines. I think they have to have vines that are over 25 years old. Uh, they have to have been in the business a while. They have, you know, there's, there's various things that they have to do to be part of that, um, that Grandi Marchi. So it's only 19 wineries. Is there anything like that in, in California where family wineries get together and promote their wines and still being part of the family, you know, still show that they've got a history is there, is there anything like that? or I, I can speak for Lodi. Okay. Uh, Lodi, pretty much uh, the Lodi Wine Grape Commission, pretty much every winery in Lodi is still family run. That's generations. My family is six generations. I'm the sixth generation. But there's fourth, fifth, and sixth generation grape growers in Lodi. So Lodi Commission, there's a handful of us that get together and we travel together internationally and domestically. And but it's not a formal a formal organization, is it? It is formal. Oh, yeah. so there's like a website you can yeah, go Lodi to. Yeah, LodiWine.com. If you're ever looking for anything about Lodi, go to LodiWine.com. And, it, and it's, 
it's all family run? Uh, most, all of them are all family run. Uh, oh, so that's neat. Yeah, okay, so, so that's what I was kind of looking for. So how many wineries are part of this? Uh, 85 wineries. Okay, Holy that's crap. Not, that's not like 19. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a lot. That's but a there's lot. a lot of yeah. us. Uh, but on like the n- international spectrum, we there's about 10 of us that travel that are all family-run wineries. And yeah, we're fourth, fifth, or sixth generation. And pretty much as a whole in Lodi, on the international side, you're seeing family. All the family travels. So, you know, at the... April show, you'll probably see at least five or six ownership family members that are traveling and promoting their wines internationally. So well, we might have to do a Lodi feature. Lodi's kind of a rarity. Do. How about, uh, so let's just tee it up now. Why don't you, for the next show in April, okay. um, look at who's going and we'll do a Lodi feature next time for the, the California show. And you can All tell right. us who's going to be there, family, Perfect. and we'll get those families in. And we'll, we'll, and we'll eventually make our way down there. Yeah, we'll not sure how that'll happen. You're more than welcome to come to Lodi. (laughs) Lodi is a great town. Uh, Actually, where where is Lodi? Lodi is 40 minutes south of Sacramento. Okay. About an hour and a half directly east of San Francisco. And an hour and 15, hour and 30 southeast of Napa. Have you ever been stuck in a Lodi? I'm always stuck in Lodi if I'm not traveling. It's a CCR thing. I know that's way beyond your... And Lodi is not a bad place to be stuck. Well, okay. Um, can I, can I blow the dust off one of my favorite topics then? Because like I drove through, like you have a lot of like almond farms and stuff. We do. Okay. Are you talking Almonds Chardonnay now? No, I'm, oh, I'm, I actually want to talk about climate change. Oh. Because when I did my road trip to uh, California in 2014, uh, that was drought year. And it Correct. was insane driving through the countryside seeing just like that, that drought ravaged the countryside there it was all yellow except for areas that were heavily irrigated um in lodi is there concerns about climate change what it's going to do to your 122 year old vines and and what you guys are are what are you guys doing to prepare for that it is um so what's happening is most of the older vineyards are all dry farmed our water table is dropping It, it used to be back when they were planted 25 feet down now we're 90 feet down so a lot of the dry farm vineyards, if they're not close to the river bottom, which most of ours are, they're having to be put on drip irrigation or flooding because they cannot sustain themselves because the root systems go 40 to 50 feet down. And, you know, you have to get them some water, but it depends on the rain. We've had two good years of rain. So yeah. they're okay right now, but if we have another couple of years of drought... This was like four, three, four years, right? It was, yeah, four or five years ago, there was a really bad drought. And now we've had some good rain that I think we're okay. Did you lose a lot of vines during those drought years? Personally, with us, we have not. Uh, but some really struggled. Some didn't get any crop. So we, wow. we, we always talk about this drought year. So exp- why don't we go even back a little further and explain what it means to be a drought year? So a drought year is when pretty much we're supposed to get, you know, 10 inches of rain, 12 inches of rain, 13 inches of rain. For the season. For the season, and we barely get any. And, you know, you expect that rain to feed those older vines, and when you don't get that, you're in a drought season because it includes fires. You'll get more fires. You'll get, you know, low yields on your crop, a little more ripeness, a little they'll ripen earlier. So there's a lot of changes when it comes to a drought year. So the end of the drought year of three years was which one? 16? It was, 15. I think back, 15, 16 was the big flood year for us. Okay. And we had river bottom property that flooded. So we had one vineyard that was pretty much under the water until June. 
So we lost the whole crop. But But the vine survived being But the vine survived. And of course, you know, sometimes you're like, well, one vineyard under the water. Hey, we got the water that we really needed. Yeah. But... uh, yeah, you don't want the drought years. You, you you'll take a vineyard flooding before a drought year. Got it. Interesting. Oh, interesting. I don't think we like drought flooding on, over here. Drought flooding. Drought flooding. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I guess you you you. I've, I have now well, hit my limit. You well, prime, you prime well, the welcome to Clinker Break High yeah. Alcohol. Wow. Here in Ontario, <laughs> we don't like vineyard flooding as much. So we had we had a pretty wet May, April May. So. But, but I, 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 Which I just do. set us back, you know, three And weeks. I'm not, not saying that we like vineyard totally. flooding, but if we have one vineyard that floods and the rest get the water they need, we'll take that over a drought that we have all the vineyards with no water. So, that, okay. yeah. Right. Um, so what's in our glass right now? We, uh, we, we something with high alcohol, and I can just smell it, and that's why I'm drought flooding myself uh, <laughs> right out the door. Uh, I don't know if you knew that. So this is the 16 cab. So this is a new label for us. Uh, well, you had we had the sixteen and uh, one of our other tastings, the fourteen. In, in so we had the, we had the fourteen. So, the only, oh, so only two years. Oh, so two it's years. not it's not far off. Not from, far from off. We, when we had the fourteen for the stump the jump, Correct. it wasn't far off from, from what your current release current is. Current vintage, yeah. Oh. But we well, changed now I feel the label. About opening that <laughs> but we did change the label, so we really wanted to differentiate the new 16 from the Clinker Brick Old Vines Inn, which we had both labels the same. We decided that it was not working properly, so we changed the label. Uh, but it has a little more cab, a little more elegant style of a label. But this one really elevates. It's, to be honest, it's an amazing It almost It almost vintage. looks like a map of some sort that you've got there. Is it like... Well, it's the bricks, the well, bricks on the outside. I, put, correct, but it, I mean... If you put it next to the Clinker Brick Old Vine, it is pretty much... The middle of the Olvine Zippendel no, label. No, gotta go to the Zin. That's the cab. It's the same, same, same. label. Oh, same label. All right. From the fourteen. Jesus, Michael, you were cut off. <laughs> no, I just, it's not. It <laughs> we just have doesn't. Two more to go. It just doesn't look the same. No. Michael, if 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 oh, I were I serving you, so you just, my smart serve certification tells me that it's 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 time to call you a cab. I'm a cab. <laughs> That's a good and, one. And we're and now <laughs> we're having a cab. definitely time to call you a cab. <laughs> But it is interesting though, just like subtle differences yeah. in the in the labeling. Uh, yeah, so Cabsove Cab Sauv is bigger. Bigger. On well, Cabr- Cabr- Cabernet is, is much bigger. Correct. Name of the winery is a little smaller. You still have like the signature bricks along there. Because uh, oh. everybody knows the brick label from us, so we really wanted to show the. And clink- I think I said it on the podcast in the spring too. I really love like it's it's not a label that's stuck onto it. It's printed on the bottle. Correct. Like, it's really cool. So. Tell us that. So we had the fourteen mm-hmm. earlier uh, versus sixteen. Tell us the difference between those two vintages. So the fourteen will be a little more fruit driven. Okay. Yes, the sixteen will always have a little fruit on it because Lodi Cab is always going to be more fruit driven than other regions. But this one has a little more structure to it. This one is from the Bechtold Vineyard. Uh, that is a thirty-five year old vineyard, hundred percent estate with and us. Who, who's that vineyard named after? Which family member? Not a family member. It's one that we've been farming for years. And okay. Yeah. Okay. Right behind the taste room. Okay. Okay. But, uh, you know, French oak, 15 months. Like, whenever you have a new wine, you always have to kind of change a couple of vintages and get to the way you want it to be. And the 16 cab is exactly where we want it to be. It has a little bit of acid, has that tannin, but not too much, but also has that fruit of Lodi that you will never get away from. See, the 14 to me, now granted, I know it's two years younger. So, like, I got the softness in the in the 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one seems to have a little more punch. It does. And this a little is, bigger. So is, this is, is, is no knocks against the 
aging potential of these wines, but um, I really feel like this is a wine for someone who likes their wines young. I would buy this Correct. guilt-free and just crush it. And The 16? I don't, yeah, the 16. I don't want this in my cellar. I, I want I, that I, in I my like cellar. I like how young and vibrant this is. I like the tannins and I like the acidity and but I the like the structure. Tannins are, already, the, the tannins are good to go. Like, yeah, it's got a bit of bite to it. Like, I, I might want to make sure this is my steak wine. I want to make sure that this is up against something. That, you opened this fresh for us, correct? Fresh, yeah. 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 So this is fresh. I would be happy to shove that in the cellar seven years. Yeah, cool, really? cool. Okay. But that's the difference between the wines you like and wines I like. Like, I don't think either one of us are right or wrong. It's it's literally personal preference. Well, right hold on a second. You are wrong. But I believe that deserves at least a five-year in the cellar. Michael, you ignorant slut. Oh. Not all <laughs> wines are made to sit in a cellar forever. But that one is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Farah, please. I would say about maybe four years. Okay, so we're splitting the difference. We're splitting the difference. Oh, okay, we're splitting the hairs now. I'm sorry, Michael. But I but I think that that wine would really age and soften, and I and I get where you're coming from. It's I just I, you know it. what it, compared to the so the 2014 when we tasted it, those like tea like tannins really popped out. It made me feel like it was more Zinfandel, and you love Zinfandel, so mm. it's cool if you like your cab to taste like Zinfandel, which like once again it's no knocks against the wine. It's it's a personal no. preference with what happens with the cab from from Lodi. Lodi. For me, it's got it, it really it holds on to its just young cab cab characteristics so i want it young while it's still like really holding on to that when when we're done what we should do is grab out a decanter of some sort and let 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 let's really let it go into the oh. decanter and see what it does and i bet you'd be very surprised on, on how that opens i have a up. feeling i won't be surprised i have a feeling that you're you're going to be correct that you're going to prefer it in the decanter oh, I, but I, I i am one who wants it to open up my glass so what is now this, this is something you brought I specifically from the, from the winery because yes. you knew we were going to do this podcast and you did promise us check it so out michael they named fun. the wine after you no no that's after yes uh that's uh dude did you my, like licking the bricks that's that's also you do my, like licking the bricks that's also due to my stamina <laughs> like a brick like a rock like a brick or anyway smart as a <laughs> maybe that was named after you then but anyway um that was the worst comeback ever in the history of comebacks that's what she said uh, so what, uh, so you, you, you I, came through for us, although if I'm not mistaken, you said you were going to bring something special in the white department and I'm glad you didn't, but, um, cause I think she said I a Chardonnay, I think she I said like a Chardonnay or something like no, that for you. No, you have a Viognier? Viognier we, we had a Grenache Blanc, but we're sold out of both. So I had to go oh. to a red. Okay. You don't have a secret stash? <sighs> I wish I did. They were like, it, they sold it all she in the tasting room. She does, we're just not worth it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's, it, it is funny. When, you, when you're running a business and you think you have a secret stash and you need to sell the secret stash to pay for the next secret stash. Yep, that's pretty much there's, it. There's a couple of bottles kicking around that they're like, let's see what happens with this. Let, that, there is. There is. I know hey, there is. But this there's one's better. Be. This is our reserve. Correct. Cap. I'm happy to see a red because I didn't want to see a Chardonnay and Grenache oh, yeah, Blanc. Yeah, we don't make a Chardonnay. So. I, I tasted a really great Grenache Blanc in, uh, in Washington. At Rhinevan. I thought it was fantastic. You're not making any Chardonnay until I show up at the winery and just casually start planting Chardonnay. <laughs> In between. In between the rows. <laughs> it's high density planting. Well, I'm like, I know who to do on. that. The, 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 the Lodi Heat's got to be able to make some great Chardonnay. So, oh, yeah. Amazing. So, <laughs> so very, very different label. Actually, this is a paper label. So, kind of like in the old ghost. And this is called The Brick. The so, Brick. what is the deal with so this? So, the story behind it. So, uh, the brick in the middle of the white label actually was the first label for the Olvine Zinfandel. The Olvine Zin used to be a vertical brick like this, and the Syrah was the horizontal brick just like this. And so it was my dad's project of doing tribute to the old label 
in a revamped way. But the brick is a reserve cab from us. We do 200 cases of it. It is going to be a little more elegant, has some acid to it. So eight barrels? Uh, about, about, yeah. And uh, it's uh, new French oak uh, barrel fermented and new French oak barrel aged. But it is a little smoother. How long in oak? About uh, 18 months. Okay. But it's really, it's really delicious, really very delicate. Yes. But and what, is, what does that go for at the winery? Because obviously it is, it's not uh, coming here. $65. And you never know. It might show up. It doesn't say here on the you sheet. You never know. You have is to ask Paul. Show up, Paul? Paul? Uh, not in the next 10 years. Oh, sorry. Not in the next year. Okay. But you never know. But 200 cases, though, if that's, that's definitely going to be a, a classics. If it's yeah. going to show up, because it, it, yeah, it would, it would not, be classics. Would not show up in any way. This is a very tasty cap. That's a great cap. So I'm going to go out 15-6. What does it say, oh. Andre? Andre, pull it out. See what it's got. Wait, you guys put the alcohol in such a small. <laughs> oh, here we go. 15.1. Oh, all right. All right. Well, it still hides 15.1 pretty good. I was going high because everything else has been. I mean, there's high. no way you would be able to read the alcohol in this. Not without my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I just learned. Sneaky with alcohol. I learned this week that that I need uh, for any tasting. I obviously need wine. Kay. I need a pen. Kay. I need some paper. Okay. I need wine glasses Kay. and I need reading glasses. Okay. I, that's that's the five things that I need to do, to do any kind of tasting these days. Because otherwise, else I I can't read half the labels that that are. You're showing pretty up high maintenance. Because for me, I just need wine. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know what you're writing on to make your note. Okay, wine and my phone. All right. I don't know what else. I don't even need a glass. I'll just taste it out of the bottle. And I've seen you do that, too. Really? Yes. We have pictures. Really? Yes. I think one of them, you're in a toga. Oh. Oh. You didn't take that picture, though. I did not, but I do have a copy of it. Mm, I'm qualified to run for office in this country now. (laughs) (laughs) And in the the U.S. And the U.S., maybe. You never know. I didn't change the color of my skin with makeup. No, you didn't, and you haven't changed the map with a Sharpie. So you've never done that either. <laughs> never done that either. All right, we're now at the point where we've drank enough wine that we're hitting up on politics. Correct. Um, Farrah, anything to else to say about Yeah, uh, yeah about this, is, this is where it's time to go. It's, <laughs> it is time but, to go. But, but, no, but Farrah, no, seriously, these, wine, these wines are good. I, I absolutely i am going to – I know that we've talked in the podcast that we both hate saying things in definitive terms, best this, best ever – the 2016 Old Ghost is the best Infandel I've ever tasted up to today. Well, thank you. Period. I am saying that definitively. I've tasted, I've, I've tasted a lot of Zim. I can't say it's the best, but it's way up there. I've tasted, I haven't I, tasted as much I, as you, I but taste I've tasted a lot I've of Zim. I've tasted enough, no. enough Zim. I'm, totally, I'm not totally fine, in it anyway, but I've tasted some really great Zim. It is like, it would be in my top five. Easily. Yeah, this, okay, this, this is Michael just I'll not wanting it. to be like the Toronto Star Wine writer. But here's, here's the other problem. I would also put the Marissa in there as well. Mm-hmm. So within the top ten, you got two of my uh, top tens. So that's love it. That's, that's pretty great. good. So are, Thank are you, you. going to tag her in the in the podcast after? She gets to she. I'm, from now on, I'm tagging Ferry in every podcast, no, no, whether no. we mention her or not. The writer from the Toronto Star. Oh no, do we want to? No, no, no. She gave it an eighty-five because it's good wine. So she wouldn't she wouldn't give it a good score. Really? Because I like using be. her rating. That'd be like a 105, a 110. No, no, maybe. no, no. She has got no taste. She would think that's not a good wine. Ooh. Anyways, Vera, <laughs> thank you very much for bringing these wines. Thank you for having me again. 
Uh, I hope that we get a chance to speak with you in the spring. And, and like I yes, said, uh, I'll be back in April. And then we got a sneak peek. If you're bringing a bunch oh, you're of people, you're coming back. I am coming back in well, April. That's like three years in a row. How many years have you come into the? This will be my third year. Okay, so oh, we got it. We nailed her on the first. We nailed it. <laughs> Whoa, wow. Michael! That's, that seems really wrong. <laughs> At least I didn't say we tag teamed her. On so this is getting worse. I can't get out of this one. Okay, Andre, get me tape, a shovel. Cut the tape. Cut the tape. You know, we might need to get hats made up that say "Make Zinfandel Great Again." I think Zinfandel is being made great. I just think people don't think of it as great. Well, but I mean, as we brought up in the podcast, a lot of it is the placement of the product and the products being brought in by the LCBO. And you know what? This isn't this isn't a time when I'm crapping on the LCBO because the LCBO wouldn't be bringing in truckloads of Seven Deadly Zins or Apothic Red if people weren't buying it. So people need to stop buying crappy Californian wine. Well, that's that's always been a that's always been a problem, and 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 good producers like like Clinker Brick, uh, you know, they get on the shelves, but they're not there in quantity, and I guess people just don't realize, um, as as I didn't originally, and I think I brought that up with uh, uh, with uh, with Farah that uh, I never considered their products, you know, that top end until you really start tasting through their lineup. One hundred percent. Um, so if you're listening to this podcast, the, um, the, there is a bottle of clinker brick available in vintages, go out and buy it right away. Yes. And enjoy it. Like you wouldn't believe. So just remember, you can support this podcast on Patreon. Check out two guys talking wine on Patreon. Uh, I'm Andre Peru from AndreWineReview.ca. And I'm Michael Pingus of MichaelPingusWineReview.com. And as always, always drink Zinfandel. No, wait. Good Good night. night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.